Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their world. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. Confessions and getting past overwhelm. Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, Ron Price with me. We are on audio and video. So here's the deal. You'll find the podcast in your favorite podcast player. You will find the video at thecompleteleader.org, the website featuring more than 700 resources for leaders no matter where those leaders are at, no matter where you are at in your leadership growth journey. Ron, great to be with you today. Yeah, it's good to be with you, Dale. When I heard you start with confessions, I automatically wanted to say, Father, I've sinned. No, 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 that's that's me. So in looking at our topic today, it's about uh, managing, it's about managing time and priorities. And we're going to hear this word overwhelmed. And and the confession is I am overwhelmed by my email inbox to the point where you had to text me yesterday and say, did you get my email? Uh, I find email to be an ineffective communication tool most of the time. And it takes up a lot of energy when I get into it that I'd rather devote to other more productive areas of my life. So that's the confession on the front end. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of people who can post comments that disagree with me on this, but we won't get into those details, but that's the confession on the front end is I have an area of overwhelm in my life. It is uh, email. And as we go through this today, I'm looking forward to what we're going to be able to pull and maybe get my email inbox to something a little more manageable. So let's talk about this idea of so many of us being overwhelmed. Give us, give us your theories and, and what you see as you work with leaders. Well, uh, first of all, I think that it's probably fair to say that a pretty high percentage of people who are in leadership roles are overwhelmed by their email. So it's interesting that you bring that up to start out. And maybe that's something that we should dive a bit deeper into either later in this podcast or in a future podcast. But when I was thinking about this as a great conversation piece for us, I was thinking about it in the context that so many people that I talk with are not enjoying their life. Mm. And they're not enjoying it because of feeling overwhelmed, being overcommitted. And um, they sort of think that if I just survive, if I just get tougher, if I just have the right attitude, that I might be able to get through this. But year after year, it happens. And I think everybody got a little bit of a respite at the beginning of the pandemic, because everything kind of came to a screeching halt for the first few weeks while organizations were trying to figure out how they were going to respond to this dramatic disruption in the way that we live. But now, one of the number one concerns that we get from leaders that we talk with is their people feeling overwhelmed, their people feeling overcommitted to their work. So many people who are, of course, a lot of people have gone back to the office, but still a very high percentage of people are still working from home at the time that we're having this conversation. And it's been harder and harder to create clear boundaries between what's work and what's not work and things like that. But I think that the reason that we have such a high percentage of the population that feels this way probably indicates that there's more than one cause. There's more than one reason for why people feel overcommitted and overwhelmed. So there could be 
maybe it's they feel that they've just never gotten the right kind of training around the tools and systems that they use. So you mentioned email. A lot of people started using email at a time when it was relatively simple and you might get 20 or 30 emails a day. The average leader in the United States today, I saw a, a study recently that said that they're now getting over 150 emails a day. And each one of those emails represents a potential point of contact. It's either somebody wanting to engage you or you wanting to engage somebody. I'm talking about how many we receive. I haven't even brought up how many we send. So, and, and there are people at the end of those emails, most of the time, of course, a lot of us get barraged with these email campaigns that are automated, but still somewhere at the other side of that, there's a person. And uh, because a lot of us have this sense of conscience around being respectful toward people and being kind toward people, the email represents either an opportunity to be rude uh, or an opportunity to be kind an opportunity to be irresponsible and just blow them off or an opportunity to be responsible. So this is a great example of, we don't exactly know how to use the tool of email in the way that can keep us inside the scope of what's realistic. And so, so many people are being perceived right now as not being a, people of good character because they don't respond to their emails. And I maintain it has nothing to do with their character. It has to do with a broken system. So that's one cause. Another cause would be a lack of consistency in a set of habits around how we manage our time and our priorities. So first of all, managing time is kind of an oxymoron because nobody manages time, but maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, managing our time, it, it's, a, it's a series of habits. It's a series of tasks that you do regularly. When you do a series of activities or tasks regularly, we begin to call that a habit. And managing your time well or managing yourself well within the time that you have is a function of the kinds of little habits that you've strung together in order to feel that you've gotten the most out of each day. And a lot of people either haven't created those habits or they don't know how to create that set of habits. Or um, I guess another cause would be that people oftentimes are overly controlled by their environment. I wanna have this habit in how I manage my time, but I've got too many stresses coming at me from the outside. Maybe the demands of my boss. It may be the um, demands of my subordinates. It may be my peers or it could be my customers or it could be my family screaming for my attention, or it could be me. It could be that I don't feel like I'm taking care of myself. And I feel that I'm sort of drowning in terms of my own identity and who I am. It's interesting, Dale, we have an assessment that we use to identify people's behavioral traits and it identifies how people respond in different situations. It's commonly referred to as a DISC assessment. It's one of many that we use, but um, so occasionally we get somebody's results that come back that basically demonstrate that they don't have any observable behavioral traits that we could attach as a part of their personality. It's like a blank slate. And what we usually say about that after we ask them about how they completed the assessment and were they worn out or were they frustrated, the kinds of things that we ask to make sure that we understand the quality of how they took the assessment. We, we then begin to 
uh, ask them about their priorities. And what we often find out is that the overwhelmed individual who's trying to be all things to all people, who's juggling a lot of things, they're essentially killing their personality in the process. They're killing their uniqueness because they're trying to do everything. And it's, a, it's really a symptom of being overwhelmed or overcommitted. So that can happen because of the outside world demanding so much of us. And we don't know how to properly respond to that or negotiate that. We try to, re we try to react in a positive way. And as a result, uh, we end up overwhelmed to the point that it sort of, I don't, it's not a good phrase to use, I guess, but it sort of neuters us of our uniqueness. Mm. Um, and then it can be that some of us just have a habit. We have an inclination. We have a natural tendency for overcommitment. Maybe that's something good for us to talk about in our next conversation so that we can talk more about this idea of managing our time and priorities today. Absolutely. You know, I've, I don't remember who said it, so I'll miss the attribution on this, uh, but it's something that I stuck in the back of my mind and remind myself, busy is a choice. So when, when I know it's a, oh, I'm so busy is the reaction that a lot of us get when we are asked the question, how are you? And I know I purposely tried to route that out of my vernacular so that I am more conscious about what I'm doing when I'm doing it. And uh, it is a, it's a constant struggle. I, I mean, you've alluded to that and it's something that I know we're working on continually. So um, yeah, let's talk about that continual learning and, and then break into some of, some of the ideas that you have for us today on, on how to manage this feeling of being overwhelmed and, and get past it. Yeah. There's in, in Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, his habit number one is be proactive. And what he's really trying to emphasize there is that we have the opportunity to manage our choices and that those choices are made in the space between the stimulus, what's coming at us and how we respond to it. So um, I would say that I think it was brilliant. By the way, Stephen Covey's book didn't have anything that was an, a new idea. No. He took a bunch of other people's ideas and organized them in a new way. And it became one of the best selling books on personal growth of all time because he rethought it, he reorganized it. So I actually love that he puts that number one. And I go back and reread that book every two or three years. I don't know how many times I've read it now because I read it the first time when it first came out in the late, seven, late 80s. I think. But the first thing and the, and the biggest reason that I see that people fail to make progress in managing their time and priorities is they don't start with that first habit. How am I going to manage these choices? How am I going to manage this space between stimulus and response? And the way that you do that practically is you have to set aside time to work on you. I don't know how many leaders who are good leaders, they're doing, they're really doing a good job, but they could be great leaders. And what I find is the, the, the linchpin to their improvement is consistently setting aside time to work on themselves instead of always responding to everything else. So what do you do when you set aside time to work on yourself? Well, you examine your habits. You think about what, what's working, what's not working, and you work at building habits, little habits, a little at a time, a couple more books. I'm a bookworm around all this stuff. So atomic habits and tiny habits, two different approach to this idea 
that we gain more control over how we manage our time and priorities step by step. It is a journey. It's not a destination. And I don't know, maybe in retirement, you get to a place where it's not as much of a battle. I'm not sure. I think it depends on how much value you want in your retirement. That because we all only have a limited amount of time, we have to think about how are we going to spend that the best way. So you've got to build little habits. And we'll maybe go into more detail on that in our next conversation. Um, William James, who was considered the father of American psychology, he had a great formula for creating a new habit that has stuck with me for decades now. He said, if you want to create a new habit, there are three keys. The first thing is start it today. Don't wait. Every day that you delay is going to make it more difficult and it's going to make it harder to get it established as a true habit, a set of tasks or activities that you do over and over and over again. Second thing he said is you got to build up a full head of steam. You've got to launch it with great force. Now, when he said this in the 1890s, uh, we didn't have rockets yet, but I think of rockets and I think of when you're launching a rocket into outer space, you use up most of your fuel getting it into orbit. Once it gets into orbit, I've heard, I'm not a scientist, but I've heard that you use up 85% of the fuel getting it into orbit. And then once it's in orbit, it only takes 15% to keep it going for a very, very long time. And I think that's a wonderful metaphor for creating a new habit. So you start it immediately. You've got to realize that at first you're going to have to put extra effort into it to get it established as a habit, which again is a set of activities. And then thirdly, you don't, he said, don't allow an exception until the new habit is firmly entrenched. And you've got all kinds of theories about 21 days, 60 days. I, I, don't, I don't think there is one length of time that you have to repeat a new habit before it really becomes a habit. I will just say that you can begin to recognize it as a habit when it's easier to do it than to not do it. And, and when you get to that point, now you're maybe in orbit. Now you still have to be wary. I have this habit that I have built of spending two hours on myself every morning uh, that I've, I've, I've always spent time working on myself every morning. But as soon as the pandemic hit, I lengthened it to two hours because I knew that to manage this time well, I needed to first work on me. It had to be leadership from the inside out. And so I established that as a new habit. And some mornings it means that I have to get up at four o'clock or I'm not going to get my two hours in. Tomorrow, for instance, I have a global leadership development program that begins at 6 a.m. It's with people in Africa and the Middle East and in Europe. And so for me to get my two hours, it means I need to get up probably at 3.30. So I have to adjust my schedule to hold on to that habit. So I've got it well established. It's, it's just instinctual for me now, but I have to be wary still because I could lose it. Now, I do allow an exception to occur occasionally but I weigh, I weigh the cost of that. And I, have, I don't believe I've ever allowed an exception to occur more than one day in a row consecutively because I understand how easy it is to, to lose a habit that you've built. So how did you get to that point? Tell us about that, that transition in your life and what are some of the things that you did initially to start the habit, put it into practice and cement it so that to use your words, it became instinct. Yeah, so it began back in 1978 or 1979, and it was 30 minutes in the morning to work on time management. 
because I struggled a lot with that. I thought my problem was time management. Our next conversation, I'll tell you what my real problem was. Um, but it started there and I've, I've been up and down. I've done better some years than others, but in these later years, I've really become more and more committed to it because I see how important it is to my own well-being. And so one of the things that I do during that time is I look at the day and my goal, it's not always easy for me to do, but my goal is to only have tasks on my list that day that I have an 80% chance or better of accomplishing because I want to count how many days I end up with an empty task list at the end of the day. I have to look, today I have appointments all day long until five o'clock, just from one to the next to the next. So as I went through my task list for today, I narrowed down my task to only four because I knew that's all the time I had. So that's one of the ways I'm working on building a new habit, um, but it's spending time on, on that. And there are a lot of different ways to think about different increments of time. But some of the places that people could go to learn more about this is the Complete Leader book. We have two chapters that relate to this. One is on self-management, and then the other is on planning and organizing. And they both talk about tools or tricks or rhythms or habits that you can build. Um, at, on the completeleader.org right now, we have a, what we call a coaching or a learning journey on self-management. And it's eight short videos where I walk somebody through defining what managing your priorities means for you. And then listening to some other experts to hear what they say to see if it expands your thinking. And then you put together your plan for how you're going to develop this as a habit. And then you develop a method of measuring your performance, measuring your progress. So that's another place that people could go. Um, we have a lot of resources and specifically that coaching or learning journey on self-management. And um, I think it's, it's important to maybe finish up what you can do by continually reminding yourself that it's baby steps, it's not giant steps. You are not gonna fix it with a New Year's resolution. You're not gonna fix it with a class that you go to. You're, you're going to work on it over a long period of time. And if you keep working, eventually you get more and more comfortable with how you want to manage your time and priorities yourself. And over the years, if you keep getting better, you'll eventually get to a place where you can really be happy with how you're handling it. So I wouldn't give myself an A plus now, but I would say that I started at a D back in 1978. And I, most weeks, I would probably give myself an A minus now. But it's not been without a lot of work, a lot of learning, and um, me taking responsibility for it. So, you know, it really boils down to you got to take personal responsibility for your own growth. You can't, you can't blame your environment. You can't blame your boss because of everything they give you. You have to take responsibility for it yourself. You have to set aside time to work on it. For me, I think that means every day so that you can lead from the inside out first. And then you have to have this desire to keep learning how to get better and to give up the idea that at some point you're going to have it mastered and you don't have to work on it anymore. I don't think that that happens while we're still above the earth. Maybe it happens once we're under the dirt, but I don't think it happens while we're above the dirt. 
So let's break it down for the person who is not going to procrastinate on this. They're going to, the moment this podcast is over, start working on themselves. And, and let's say they, they determine that it will be a 30-minute chunk of time. What, what would you recommend that 30 minutes look like? Let's break that down section yeah. by section. If you really want to get a huge launch, I would say go to the completeleader.org and enroll in the, the learning journey self-management because that has a pathway that it, not only are you listening to those eight short videos, but there are things that you're doing in between each video that are helping to prepare you. And if somebody really wants to take this serious now, that's the place I would start. And it's a, it's a process of watching the videos you said, we've, we've already let folks know there are over 700 different resources available there on the website. So yeah, and that, what I do in this learning journey, Dale, is I actually curate that content for them. So I say, hey, we're gonna talk about managing your time, uh, organizing and executing around your priorities. We also include managing your emotional self-control because that's a part of being good as a time manager. So I, I just have a, a two to five minute video and then send them on this learning journey of the resources that are going to be most helpful for them. And we provide worksheets for them to fill out complete and build their plan. So we want them to define what it means for them. We want them to identify the habits that they're going to develop. Then we wanna give them a pathway for they can, where they can do that with clarity and focus and measurement. Fantastic. Thecompleteleader.org. So let's give folks a quick hint about the next conversation. And we're talking about conquering overcommitment on that one. Yeah, this is very personal to me because I realized recently, after all these decades of working on this, that essentially I don't have a problem with time and priority management. My habits and my systems are pretty good. They work well. I have a problem with overcommitment. And overcommitment causes the best systems to break down. So I, I want to talk a little bit more about what I've discovered as I've been doing my own reflection and listening to people's feedback and thinking about how can I conquer overcommitment? That's really one of my major areas of focus for my personal development this year. Okay. We will work on that one in our next episode of the Complete Leader Podcast. Remind folks that you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Just click the subscribe button. Please do that so that you get the reminder every time a new episode is released. Also, while you're there, if you would rate and review the podcast, we would be most grateful. It helps that podcast, it helps this podcast show up higher in search results when people are looking for leadership material online. And then don't forget, if you are listening to this it is available via video you can watch the conversation at thecompleteleader.org always ron is open for you to contact him the email address ron ron at price-associates.com and with that ron any final words for us yeah i will do everything i can to respond to your email promptly Yes. And I know we've given my email out address in the past info at daledixonmedia.com. Um, just be gracious and, um, and understanding and merciful, I think is the right word in expecting a response back immediately. It might be 24 to 36 hours before you get that response, but you will get it. 
I'm trying to treat email more like snail mail. Yeah. I used to do that long, long ago. <laughs> anyway, uh, with that, thanks so much, Ron. Um, and we will talk to you next time. Uh, this is the Complete Leader Podcast. Everything you need to become a high-performing leader. Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org.